It's Flurry's birthday. Come to Pitwater for the weekend. Stuart, how are you? What are you up to? I've known Stuart for 25 years or more. We trekked the sidewalks of Manhattan at the same time, calling ourselves foreign correspondents. Our lives crisscrossed on assignments in bars at Australian functions. Stuart and my husband were great friends, and I tagged along until the friendship became mine as well. Good, I'm good. Can you make it, he asks. When? July 23, I hesitate. Be great if you could help with the cooking, and Sophia needs a lift. The clinches, I'm needed. Can't say no to all that. Especially the cooking, I love it passionately. Have no idea why. Even alone, I cook dinner with the care of a chef. Set a polished table with silver and crystal. Have a cloth napkin. Always a glass of wine or two. My mother once told me that opening a cupboard full of glittering crystal made her feel rich. A civilised dinner does that for me. Alone or with twenty guests, it doesn't matter. Stuart waits for an answer, then adds, You're going to be the surprise guests, you and Sophia. Part of me wants to stay safely at home. Another part says get a life. Great, I'll be there. Get Sophia to call me. Don't say a word to Flurry. I have not met Sophia yet. Know her only as Stuart and Flurry's friend, who writes a column for a Melbourne newspaper. She's a Buddhist. Lots of fun, apparently, and very, very clever. That night I undress for bed, look in the mirror. The sight is shocking. How long is it since I looked at myself without clothes? About a millennium. I ate everything as a teenager and stayed pencil slim. Thought I'd be one of those people who never gained weight. Dream on. Wonder if I can still cancel. Being a fat boss is fine. Being a single, unemployed, overweight woman in her mid-forties makes me want to hide in a closet. I pull on pyjamas quickly and slide into bed. Turn out the light. The fire blazes and orange gremlins leap all over the walls. Good idea, resurrecting the fireplace in the bedroom. But I can't see the flames if I lie down. It's too early to sleep anyway. The light goes on. I sit up and grab a book. Some mawkish instinct has made me put a couple of my husband's favourite poetry books on the bedside table. I put down my trashy novel and pick up Emily Dickinson. When the phone rings, I'm pathetically thrilled. I've never grokked poetry. Susan? Deep and drawn out. Yes, I say tentatively, not recognising the voice. It's Sophia. Rack my brains to think of someone called Sophia. Come up blank. Stuart tells me you're going to give me a lift to Pitwater. Each word is carefully enunciated as though my English or my hearing is dodgy. Oh, Sophia, yes, glad you called. Does it suit you? Yes, of course, great to have company on the drive. Hope you don't mind Utes. Love em. Grew up on a property. Tension drops out of her voice. What are you going to get Fleury for her birthday, she asks. Dunno, she's got just about everything. Yeah, it's hard. If you come up with any bright ideas, yell out. We meet for the first time on a cold, bleak morning two weeks later. 
Sophia parks her ancient Volvo off-street behind the apartment, locks the doors one by one, testing the handle each time. Won't get there before dark, I say, anxious about our late departure. Sophia is dismissive. Of course we will. We'll be in Sydney by lunchtime at the latest. It's an 11-hour drive. It's nearly nine o'clock now. You weren't planning to do the trip in one day, were you? Sophia, rugged up in a navy cashmere sweater, orange trousers, a wind cheater, her white hair spronging in all directions, looks terrified. I always do it in one day. She seems stricken. It's not safe to drive for more than six hours a day, even with ten-minute breaks every two hours. Her tone is schoolteacherish. Who told you that? The driving section.